check, check. Mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Coming at you live. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Let's talk some Dallas Supercross. Triple Crown Fever is back this weekend. Eli Tomac has the red plate. Will he let go of it? Probably not. Probably doesn't want to. Probably likes it. Lots to talk about when it comes to uh, the show today. We're going to do one hour of this. Michael Antonovich and Jason Thomas will be on the show as well. Uh, Fly Racing, flyracing.com, from the FR5 boots to the Formula helmet to the light hydrogen gear to their goggles to their to their um, gloves, whatever it is, flyracing.com has got you covered. Zach Osborne, Blake Baggett. Please check out Fly, Fly Racing when you're looking for a set of gear. They've got uh, gear lines that will suit you. They've got an off-road line. Uh, they've got a light hydrogen line for the minimalist protection. They've got uh, Evo stuff. They've got a kinetic mesh and kinetic, like whatever it is, whatever kind of whether you're riding in, whatever kind of uh, situation you're riding in, Fly Racing has got gear to handle it. So please check them out on the web. Go to your local dealer. Demand to see the latest and greatest from Fly Racing. I want to thank the folks at Maxxis Tires as well. A-Ray and the cat using Maxxis Tires out there in Supercross, MXSTs, developed by Jeremy McGrath. You know they're pretty good then, right? Uh, mountain bike tires as well, light truck, SUV tires, Maxis.com for more information from those guys. I want to thank the folks from ProTaper, Chad Reed, Rockstar Husky, Geico Honda, using ProTaper products. Uh, you know they originated the crossbarless bar back in 1991. They've got a fusion bar as well that works really well. You can choose which uh, which uh, setting you want. You can also have a 7.8 bar, of course, the old school one. You can have an oversized bar. Sprockets, of course, uh, lots of teeth, lots of colors. Thanks to ProTaper, ProTaper.com. Uh, Chad Reed wouldn't pick them if they weren't good. You know that. And I want to thank the folks at Get and Athena. Athena is the point of reference in the market for the production of complete gasket kits for motorcycles, dirt bikes, ATVs, and Harleys. Athena's offering includes high-performance cylinder kits, pistons, fork seals, connecting rods, valves, discs, filters, and more. They design and produce in-house complete cylinders and kits of the highest quality and efficiency. Athena USA. If you want something from the folks in Athena, email us using the contact link on pulpamex.com, and we will dial you in from those guys. Uh, same with Maxis and all those people. So uh, thanks to Motorsport as well, big parts, big partners of the Pulpamex show. And if you want to buy something from the folks at Motorsport, go through the banner or the logo on pulpamex.com. And help us out, why don't you? Uh, taking the calls, producing the show, holding things down over there in the corner, showing no emotion whatsoever. The Tits Legendary Tits, what's up? No emotion. We had a good, uh, intense taser ride the other day, buddy. Yes, Lots nice of fun. and long. Yep. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. You were angry because it went longer than your normal ride. But Angry, I, I don't get angry. Um, good point, not angry. Yes, right. but uh, I was tired, very tired for the show that night. So. Yeah, I could see you, you're... you're your enthusiasm for the show wasn't there. wasn't at its usual level. <laughs> My usual level was just a tad lower than that, yes. Right, right. But uh, Pulpum X10 is the code to save with the folks at Intense Cycles. Get a taser. Be like tits and Get up. a taser. You will not regret it. Tase up, bro! All right, let's get JT on the line if you can. Uh, like I said, JT and Antonovich coming up. Dallas Triple Crowns. Should be easy to make your Pulpum X Fantasy picks this weekend anyways, right, people? That'll be that'll be fun and no problem. Uh, let's go to Brandon on two. Brandon, what's happening? Uh, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Hey, what's up? How's it going, Steve? Good. What's going on? Man, I'm just calling in to, uh, you know, tell you how beautiful beautiful your voice is again. So. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, <laughs> thanks very much. Hey, dude, you are so right about Tomac, man. I just, I don't know. I don't know if Kenny can keep up, and I think this might just be Tomac's year. Yeah, it's hard to say. He hasn't pulled a, a Tomac yet on us. Anaheim 1 was weird, 
But other than that, he's been pretty solid. I mean, I don't know. I just have a feeling he's figured it out, but I don't really know why, right? Like, it still could happen. Yeah, So um, I, I agree. Um, you know, a new bike last year, maybe they've got some stuff figured out a little bit. Um, right. Yeah, it, it, never say never, but I do feel like this is it, Brandon. I think he's going to get it done. Yeah, so. yeah I, I totally agree. And, hey, I just I, – the, the, the track last weekend, man, the sand, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I've ever seen – more pro riders struggle in a track than I did last weekend. That was insane, right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely added something to the race. I wish they wouldn't have made it a split lane. I wish they would have made it one section. Uh, we saw a sand section like that in Tampa two years ago, and it was the same thing. Lots of passes, lots of riders screwing up. you got to remember, they're not running sand tires, right? So you got to get a good drive. you got to hit the right line, and if you don't, you really notice a difference. You're spinning a lot. So um, I almost wonder... Would have been interesting to have a guy. I didn't know anybody. I look. I didn't check everybody's tires, obviously, but I didn't know anybody who ran a sand tire. I almost wonder if a guy, if a guy tried a sand tire just for that section, if it would have made a big difference, and he would have gave it up everywhere else, you know. But right, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it might have made a whole ton of difference because it seems like most of the major passes and kind of the night changers were just in that sand section. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just it's justifiable to say that uh, if somebody were to run a sand tire, that there was enough of the track that was yeah. covered with it that it would have made a difference. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say. But one of the problems, I think, too, was it's a split, it's a split section. And in sand, you know, you want to let your bike go underneath you. You want to let it You want to let it flow. You want to move it. It can move underneath you, no problem. Well, when you got hay bales in the, or tough blocks in the center, you've got to stay within four feet or whatever, however wide it is. You know, right. so that's part of the problem, too. Like, you had probably had to back, back it down up the throttle because your bike was going to go into the uh, – into the tough buck that was in the center, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I it totally was agree. It, it was interesting. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah All right, Brandon. I, I, totally, man. All right. Thanks, thanks man. Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for calling the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. We're giving away a Fly Racing Revel chest protector tits, right? That is correct. This could be worn underneath your jersey or over top if you want. It's a plastic protector. It does, uh, does a great job, and a lot of the Fly Racing riders run it out there. Speaking of Fly Racing, that's uh, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. I was listening to you guys talk about the, uh, the sand tires there. On the front, I could agree with you, but on the rear, they're already running such aggressive tire anyway. They're they're kind of already there. I mean, the the days of running a hard pack specific tire on the rear are pretty much gone. Um, those guys are running ultra aggressive rear tires every weekend, regardless if it's hard pack or not. Yeah, it, basically, the yeah one tire is kind of taken over a little bit. That uh, whatever they call that thing, Dunlop does anyways. Um, but you know, Pirelli makes that scoop right. So yeah, what if the JGR got? What if they would have ran it? You know, I, you they, get, would, they would crash their brains out. You're giving up way too much on the rest of the track, but but I mean, you literally it would literally be unrideable. No, it, it wouldn't. It would not be unrideable. Stop it. I'm te- it would. It would not be unrideable. <laughs> I'm telling you, those guys would crash four to five, six times during a main event trying to ride a scoop tire on a supercross track. Maybe more. Uh we'll have to agree to disagree. Um, it wouldn't be ideal though, but it was such a it was such a important section in the race. If you got it, you got it. Um, our guy Clinton Fowler broke it down on pulpmex.com, and uh, it was surprising to see Barsha was one of the worst guys in the sand. And the f- the times that I watched him, he looked like he was killing it. And I think he was just so up and down, right? It was so much, so much variance, so much variance in the sand. Like if you got it, you got it, and if you didn't, it was a shit show. Yeah, you know, it was interesting listening, and it was your interviews, um, where Ken Roxon was basically saying that he decided to go inside, and, well, it was the outside which turned to the inside. Yes. And he said, you know, because you had asked him, like, why didn't you switch, or did you see Tomac switch, which made a big difference. Obviously, he passed AC there. And he went back, he basically just decided to stick with one line. That way he could be, he could predict what the line was going to do for him. Um, it was just interesting to hear the strategy in that because clearly the outside, you know, the inside and the outside and the, the second sand turn became the line. And we saw passes and, and basically anybody coming from the back, whether it was Zach Osborne or Eli Tomac passing for the lead, they were steadily making passes there the second half of the main event. So interesting strategy was, there for Roxon to just stick with a line that he knew maybe wasn't as good. Somebody else told me that too. Maybe it was not in those interviews, but someone else, I want to say, might have been Adam or it could have been si- Chase, Sexton, one of those guys, they were just like, I didn't even care. That's the, one, that's the one I was taking. That was it. That was all I was doing. I never even tried the other line. I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah. So um, uh, so does Eli Tomac uh, 
Uh, do you think he's better? Do you think he's fixed like Brandon Brandon was telling me? Like, do you think he gives up this red plate? Is this thing is, – is, is he hold this the rest of the way? Right, well, I think it's – it is until it isn't, you know, because A1 was that very same scenario. It was just kind of eh. Like, it wasn't great. wasn't terrible. He suffered from arm pump. Uh, you know, this, this race last year in Arlington was the worst of his season where he just mm-hmm. went backwards. And, and he faded. He faded on a level that I don't know I've ever seen him fade. You know, basically for, for zero vis- visibly apparent reason went from the front to 12th. And you know, obviously he's not going to come out and just tell you exactly what was going on, but you had to think it was some sort of arm pump, mental meltdown, you know, yeah. situation. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, everything's good until it's seemingly not. So it's not I don't right. know how to predict that, right? And you just got to, if you're any part of his program, you just got to hope that they've got it figured out and he can get through another 10 rounds without seeing that same scenario pop up. But outside of A1, I haven't seen any weirdness. Haven't seen seen some bad nope. starts. You yep. know, starts have cost him, but mm-hmm. wonder if he's got and those I, figured out. Yeah, I think that's the key. You know, the, the races like San Diego where he just can't get to the front and you take a fourth, that's fine. No, no big deal. You know, I, it's not ideal, mm-hmm. but it's not going to – most likely it's not going to cost you the championship. Uh, but nights where you get 12th and Cooper Webb gets first, those can absolutely cost you the championship. So – yeah, I don't. I don't know that we're ever going to get clarity on what exactly goes on on those nights. Um, but I can. I can promise you that everybody, every time the gate drops on on that Monster Energy Kawasaki team, is holding their breath, hoping they don't see anything like that again. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just. I got a feeling he's fixed it, but who knows? God, who knows? Um, Zach, what's going on? You want to talk about Chase Sexton? Zach, yeah, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. What's up? Hey, uh, I'm just wondering is. Sexton really moving up to 450 uh, after Supercross because he has one career 250 win, and who knows if he, sorry, who knows if he would have even got that if Forkner didn't wreck himself, you know? Yeah, like, no, is he ready? No, he is doesn't. He... he doesn't get that win if Forkner doesn't wreck himself. I don't think exactly. But um, I, I, I'm with you. It's a, it's a very, very interesting move. Uh, from what I hear, not happy with the bike. Last year, gonna go somewhere else when his contract was gonna end, and Honda was like, "No, no, 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 no. We'll just we'll just move you up." But, oh, really? So, but now f- smash cut to 2020. Very happy with the bike. It's a much improved bike. They got a new motor guy. Things are going yeah. better. I almost wonder, JT, if they put that plan on hold a little bit. I I can understand why that would come into play, but I think it's done. Um, I think they're. He and his team are already making moves and posturing for deals based off of that plan. So uh, I think it, had this bike scenario been a year ago, yes, that, I think that plan changes, but I, I think they're already they're already committed to it. Yeah, so so I was thinking more 2021 back to 250 class. Outdoors, 450s for sure, because uh, oh, okay. Honda doesn't have a guy, so they need a guy. So, yep. But I'm thinking Supercross 2021, maybe back down to 250s. I don't know. I, I, I just think they're 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 going to be painted in a corner with gear deals and everything where it's yeah that becomes impossible. Right, right. Well, yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm with you, uh, Zach. It's a bit puzzling. I don't know if he's totally ready. You know, but well, you hear guys like uh, that have moved up too early. You know, and they're like, I wish I had stayed more and learned yep. a little bit more. Yep. So I just feel like that's really big possibility with him. You know. Yeah. Move up too early and not be ready. I will say though, he looks better than last year. All right, it's just yeah, one race. It's just one he race, does. but he looks better. So, uh, thanks, Zach. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thank thanks. You. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Ryan on two. Ryan, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, man. Um, just had a question. I'm going to try to see you guys this weekend in Dallas. Um, so, where can I catch you at the Pulp MX Fly Racing Pit Show? Like, what time is that going on, and where? Well, I don't know what time because Triple Crown is a different uh, time, but it'll be in the pit. Oh, you got a time, JT? Yeah, sorry. It'll be 5.30 this weekend. 5.30. Okay. Uh, yep. At the Fly Racing Rig. There's two of them uh, in the in the fan experience part of the pits. And they'll have a little okay. stage set up with a little sign and everything. So we'll be there. Yeah. The pits okay, are, so the like pits between... are in a completely... Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I go, uh, I go there every year. Yeah, we know where the, yeah, where the, the pits are. The pits I'll be, are in a completely, I'll be with my... okay, but completely the pits... different area this year. That's yeah. what I was trying to tell you. Yeah. Pits so, are... Okay. Well, whatever. Find the, find the Fly Racing semis in the pits. 
and, uh, and, and we'll be there. And, and then uh, is is when you guys get uh, go back to the pits to get interviews and stuff after the race, is that can can people go back there? Or is that just media? No, that's the well. You got to have a special pass for that. It's not just the fans anymore. They get kicked out at like six or six thirty or something. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, you can't unless you got a special okay. pass. All right, thanks, Ron. All right, thank you. Bye. Uh, let's go to Clay on three. Clay, you got a question about gear? Well. Um, not really a question. I just okay. kind of wanted to throw my appreciation. Oh, sorry, I'm driving. Um, anyways, uh, I've been a fly guy my whole life, and uh, I kind of switched and wanted to try something a little bit different. But recently, I got a good a good deal on uh, some fly gear. Got it real cheap, and uh, I can't really believe how far it's come. You know, and it fits so much better than any other gear that I've tried. And uh, well, awesome. Yeah, good, good to hear. Flyracing.com. Yeah, if, if they've come a long way since the days when JT wore fly. Yeah. Um, also, I know I know it's pretty off topic, but uh, I don't get to call in a lot. But uh, I was kind of wanting your thoughts on uh, the old Troy Ohio track. Um, mm. I didn't I didn't really know what people thought of that track. I mean. Was it kind of like a Junadilla for some guys where, you know, they kind of yeah, don't like that I, round? You I, know? I think it was a love-hate thing. As a mechanic, I didn't like it. It was hot as balls. You couldn't see anything. Uh, what do you think, JT, of Troy? I actually love the track. Uh, yeah, spectating sucks. It's flat. You can't see anything but the section in front of you. You know, I totally understand that. But as a rider... I always loved it. The traction was really good. The jumps were fun. Um, it was just a track that I seemed to ride pretty well. And I didn't – I don't know if it was the jumps or the whatever, but I, I didn't get bored, or and I actually enjoyed riding it. And that was not always the case. Millville's like that for me. Butts Creek was like that. Troy was like that. But there were a lot of tracks on the calendar that I didn't enjoy riding. You know, it was more of a job. Uh, Unadillo would be one of those. Um where you just, you know, you had to do it and you gave everything you had, but it wasn't an enjoyable, really, day. Uh, but Troy, for me, was always one that I look forward to. Uh, yeah, it was, and, I, and I feel like some riders were, were off Troy big time. But, you know, like, like it, was a, it was a dividing, it was a track that I think people had opinions about, good or bad. Yep. So, uh, yeah. thanks for the call, yeah, man. I just, yeah. yep, thanks. Thank you, appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Brain. Brain, what's up, man? Morning, fellas. Hope all's well. Hey, so with the Triple Crown, um, maybe you guys don't see it like I do, but I see it as a distinct advantage for Shane, uh, 250s, uh, seeing that obviously with last week's starts, uh, you know, with any indica- if that's any indication, which I believe it is, um, man, I think, that's, I think that's a distinct advantage over Sexton. Uh, and any of the other guys uh, this week, because I see no consistency in any of the uh, any of the other guys, whether it's March Banks or uh, well, maybe I don't know. Jordan started pretty well, but faded. You know, with March Banks, Hampshire, any of those guys. My concern is with Shane, because obviously I've got a, a bias because I want him to win uh, so bad. I think he's got to win the next two because I'm pretty scared that he could finish fifth, sixth, seventh in Daytona. So. I think it is very vital that he would take care of business this weekend with those starts and then obviously next weekend here in Atlanta. Well, if he wins the next two, he'll be in a good spot if he doesn't do well. You know what I mean? Because um, I can't see Sexton and Jamar just going 2-3 the next two rounds either. You know. So uh, what do you think, JT? Yeah, I, I agree with some of the inconsistency concerns. But, you know, for me, and maybe he proves me wrong, but I don't really see a guy like March Banks being in this title fight. Um, maybe next year would be more of realistic for him. But, you know, the real contenders, I think, depending on how Jordan Smith can do not being 100%, uh, I really think it's J. March Sexton and McElrath. Um, I hope RJ gets in there being a Florida guy. I just see some off nights, you know, where he gets a sixth in there. And when you have those guys at the front that are probably going to be on the podium, I would say 90% of the time, it's really difficult to give away, you know, eight to ten points on a given night. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I have McElrath as my pick, but I think Sexton, and we'll see what Jamar does, but I think Sexton's going to be there every single time and put a lot of pressure on him to, to be perfect. Yeah. 
even with even with the um, and I realize that you guys even talked about it with the the, the Geico Motor Program, um, but even with you know maybe starting fifth to sixth, maybe all, two if not all three times, I just don't know if he can catch Shane. Maybe and maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's not a correct well, statement. Look, uh, Shane's on the best bike on the class, and he's got the most wins out of anybody there. Like he. Yep. You know, everything works good for him as far as racecraft and experience and the machine and the team and everything else. Like, yeah, Shane's Shane's a favorite going in, I think. And he's he proved and it this weekend. What, I'm sorry, Steve. Do we actually know what uh, what Jordan is struggling with health wise or no idea? I don't know, JT, do you know? No, I mean he's been he's been hurt more times than not over the last couple of years. I mean, the last injury yeah. he had was the wrist last summer. Mm-hmm. So it's kinda been nonstop something for the last two seasons. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Thanks, Brian. See you, fellas. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Ernie. Ernie, what's going on? Hey, long time, first time. Appreciate it. Hey, Thank JT, you. since Mathis isn't a European guy, how do you feel Max Boland's going to do overseas in the multi five class? Uh, he'll probably be podium. Um, you know, I think part of it will be the weather. You know, if it's raining yeah. at Matterly, that'll change everything because they, those guys just ride in that a lot more than he does. Uh, but all things considered, on a dry weekend, good weather, yeah, he'll be right there with, uh, you know, Liam Everts will be much better this year. He's he's had a really good off season. Um, but there's a lot of talent over there. Joel Ritzy, uh from England will be yeah. really good too. But should be an interesting class to watch. Is he is he going to be riding with Caroli's team or who's he his own team? Uh, I think he's going to be DeCaroli, yeah. So that would be uh, the team that Prado and uh, Caroli have been on. Oh, awesome. I appreciate it. Hey, and that uh, chest tech there, uh, it's a going thing now. Do they wear those backwards too, or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ref, <laughs> why can't I put it on to protect the spine? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, are you gonna be in Arlington? I trade some Chick Fil A sandwiches for tickets if you got. Uh, we wait. We don't have any tickets now. Sorry, man. Awesome. Appreciate it. All right. for this no time. problem. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, the Fly Revel chest protector still looking to give that away on the Fly Race of the Moto Sixty Show, presented by Get Pro Taper and Maxis. Max isn't doing the whole series, right? JT, just some of them. Do we know? Who was it, sorry? Max Volan isn't doing the whole series. Oh, I thought you said Maxis. I'm like, what? No, uh, no I think he's doing uh, the first three, and then they'll see how it goes. All right. Uh, Levi, what's going on, man? Uh, yeah, I was just wondering if you and JT um, <clears throat> had any predictions on this weekend, like if anyone's going to sweep all three gangbangs or what? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, Roxon was so good at Glendale, but I can't see him pulling that again. Uh, I, I don't. I could see him winning. But I don't know about sweeping them. Uh, I could see McElrath sweeping them, JT. Seriously, I could too. Yeah. Um, you know the Roxon thing. If not for a red flag, he wouldn't have swept. You know Glendale. He was great, but he even got the benefit of a red flag and won to get there. Uh, it's just so unlikely the way the class is right now, uh, and that's a good thing. We, you know, if you went back ten years ago or twelve years ago, sweeping races or multiple, you know, guys winning five races in a row wasn't that big of a deal. Like it happened all the time. So. Um, yeah, I would I would go with no sweep this weekend. All right, oh yeah, there you go, Levi. Thanks, man. Yep, thanks. Thank I, I could see uh, I could see the same winners though this weekend. I could see Roxon winning. He rides hard pack really well. Uh, I actually have uh, Webb getting the win. Mm-hmm. Um, just consistency, and I think he's turned the page a little bit on his speed. But uh, yeah, I mean it's wide open, which is great. Uh, all right, let's go to some more calls. Uh, Fly Racing, uh, Moto 60 Show. Let's go to Shad's on two. Shad, what's up, man? Hey, bud. How you doing? Good. What's going on? Uh, yeah, uh, first of all, I wanted to wish uh, Brian Monroe the best. Yes. And uh, it's too bad. Uh, my real question, and, and Ran, I guess, is uh, that was pretty much that decision pushed upon KTM in America. And then I'm wondering, you know, based on what happened, with this experience, if that ever happens again, or if someone's head's going to roll for it, or if there's a big, you know, controversy as far as uh, your, your, uh, foreign riders coming over. No, here I mean Moreau's French. They have a French Supercross series. the The sport is the sports history is full of really good French Supercross riders. So you can't second guess Moreau coming over here as a Supercross guy because that's what he does. He he rides Supercross. He's he's way better indoors than out. You know, uh, so to put him in America made a lot of sense and everything else, and it was directly from 
the the Austrian guys to, to to put him here and everything else. And I just I don't think you can go back, Shad. And you don't think you know, that was a bad decision compared no. to uh, other picks? Well, I don't know. We don't know how he would have done. No idea, right? Unfortunately, he got hurt. So you can't you can't say it because he got hurt. I mean, that can happen to anybody at any time. And we don't know how he would have exactly, done. But, we don't know how yeah. he would have done. I, I don't know. He, apparently, he was riding really well. I was still skeptical of that pick, but I mean, who knows how yeah. how he would have done, right? You can't you can't go back that way. So, um, yeah, I, okay. I, I'm not I'm not there yet. Thanks, Chad. I think uh, just to add to that, the only thing I heard really from um, the KTM track was that he would. And, and if you watch that Moto Spy series that Red Bull puts out. Some of the the frustration that Hartraft was dealing with was that he that guys like Moreau were going as fast as him or faster at the KTM track. So yeah, I think he was going to be good. You know, unfortunately, injury the injury sucks on every level. But um, to say he was a bad pick or whatever, I don't think we really know. And I think there's a little bit of evidence evidence to the contrary based on his lap times that were coming out of the KTM track. Uh, Austin, what's going on? You want to talk about the national number? system uh yeah but more real quick right before that uh rj hampshire he was always just kind of like a whatever rider me didn't love him didn't hate him but i heard him on the pulp mech show you got the pulp mech sticker deal on team rj nice uh, nice welcome aboard we, we in quotation marks are going after this championship we are we we had fastest lap time in the main event I want to put that out there again for everybody. Fastest lap in the main event. So no worries at it, all. Just it, give him a little advantage on us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, all right, what else, man? Uh, but I want to know what was the whole reasoning behind AMA switching from letting guys just keep their three-digit numbers. Like it seemed harmless to have a three-digit number, and guys got to build a brand earlier on in their career if they couldn't get a national, like a permanent number. I mean, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I, um, I don't know the reasoning. I just, I don't, I'm not sure. JT, you have any idea why they, you know, stop letting guys have three-digit numbers like Marty and Purcell and. Well, Purcell, they never did, but, uh, you know, these other guys? Uh, I think I just – I don't know the specific reason, no, but if I had to guess, I would say that it was just inconsistency because it's like who do we let, who do we not, and it's just – if you make everybody kind of do the same thing, it just becomes easier. You know, no special exceptions. No, yeah. You know, like nobody's more special than the other. Just everybody use your number, you're assigned, well, move on. That was all my thing. Like, guys would kill for national numbers. Uh, so yep. if you're not going to use it, I was always saying, if, if Marty's not going to use it, and unless he's not going to use it, and Purcell's not going to use it, no problem, give the numbers away. Right. You know, like that, okay, that, yeah, that, that was that, it. But they never fair. did. I never looked at it that way. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't care one way or another. I, I would be fine with going, the whole building the brand thing. Like, this, this, come on. I mean, you make a T-shirt with a rider's number on it, and you sell it. I mean, how much are we really building brands nowadays anyways? I'd be fine with going back with earned national numbers, JT. Well, on, on yeah, the contrary to that, though, uh, I'm sorry, JT, but uh, no. on the contrary to that, like you're saying, building a brand, I I follow this sport very closely. Like my whole family has followed it since I was little, but still, constantly every year, they're so con- they they just they're like, oh, well, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Their number their number changes so often. Even yeah, but but if you're a fan, if you're really a fan enough to buy a shirt, you know what number the guy is. You do. You know? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You got a point there. You're right. You know what I mean? So, like the casual fans, sure, are confused, but whatever, they'll figure it out. It's not, it's not rocket science. You know? I mean, I'm fine with the permanent number stuff, but if you went, if you told me tomorrow we're going back to earn national numbers, I'd be like, yeah, cool. Like that's fine. What do you think, JT? Yeah, honestly, for me, it doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. Um, to me, I think in the end, they just got tired of dealing with it, and it was just easier to blanket everybody with the same policy. Yeah. So, all right, man. Thanks for the call. All right, thank you. Thanks. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Tim's on four here. Tim, you got a handlebar and a gear question. What's up? Hey, sir. Um, yeah, I was wondering if there's a big difference between, like, Pro Taper and Renthal when it comes to big bars. As far as, uh, like, a bend or quality or? Yeah, um, bend and for, um, let's say, flex. Um, definitely there's some differences they, the, the manufacturers believe in different, different flexes for different reasons. You know, generally speaking, renthals are a little stiffer than the pro tapers it's, and that's not good or bad. It's just what they believe in bends though. Okay. Everybody tries to keep the same bends, you know, they all, and it actually credit to renthal. They, they kind of started the bend and everybody kind of knows their numbers and goes with their numbers. So, um, yes, the all the manufacturers do try to keep the same kind of bend. Okay. Thanks. Okay. And then, so. Uh, my other question, I guess, was on gear. Um, speaking of chest protectors, I noticed, say, like, didn't both the Lawrence 
brothers break collarbones? And if so, you know, is there a certain chest protector that protects that area? Not really, JT, right? There's nothing that can really be done for a collarbone. Uh, you know, I think if you run some of the more aggressive chest protectors out there that have full shoulder and arm coverage, just logic, common sense and logic is going to say that more protection is better. Uh, okay. But yeah, I mean, if you if you hit at the right angle and with enough pressure, nothing's going to prevent you know injury to an extent. Um, but I'm I'm always of the policy that if injury, if preventing injury is your number one goal, more protection is generally a better better way to go about it. Okay. All right. Cool. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, it's collarbones the easiest bone to break in your body or something. Somebody told me. I, I don't know. It was like. Yeah, like it only takes uh god i used to know the number it's like, around 10 pounds of pressure it's yeah. not a lot yeah you know on the right spot yep for sure uh jeremy you want to talk about triple crown payouts yeah um i don't know how much you guys know about the riders contracts but are they starting to get stuff worked in for like if they win one of the gang bangs are they making what they would make in a main or yeah um no uh they're getting heat race bonuses some guys some guys aren't getting anything i talked to uh one guy that uh, isn't getting anything anything at all he's a top factory rider other guys have told me they get heat race bonuses for winning one so okay so my next question then would be how much is a heat race bonus compared to a main event Oh, uh, seven grand, ten grand to a hundred grand. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. yeah, I was, I was asking uh, an agent just at Anaheim one, uh, what all in, what are the numbers going for these days? And it was in the one fifty-ish range. Yeah. Holy it's, shit! It's uh, it's not right. They shouldn't be paid one fifty three times. That's not right. No. But yeah, I agree. there's got to be something else other than a heat race. Like, I mean, you're a bad dude if you win a Triple Crown main event yeah. against everybody else. and Bumping up to 40 or 50 or so. Something. But I'm surprised that, like, JT, one of the guys I talked to did, redid his deal, like, only a year or so ago and had nothing in there. And I was like, huh. It was interesting. Like, yeah, I, you, you got to think that's going to be a – Got to think that's going to be a sticking point for some of these deals, especially yeah. if Feld continues to, even with three of them. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, yeah. what, a fifth of the series or something? Like, that's yeah. worth negotiating over. Yeah, and, and also it's worth negotiating top three for each one of those mains instead of just yep. a win like a heat race. Heat race is just a win. You don't get anything for second in a heat race. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with it. You get on TV in a top three in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a triple crown, then you, get, you should get some money for sure. So, no. um, Jeremy, do you got a bike? I do. Do you I want do. the Fly Racing Revel chest protector? That would be awesome because I've right. got the the Fly uh, under protector, like the the vest, soft vest, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Okay. Well, then the Revel will work a little better than that for sure, that and you can have your choices. All right, man. Thanks. Stay on hold. All right. Yes. Fly Racing Revel chest protector. We uh, we gave it away. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what these guys do, JT, uh, for the for the for the triple crowns. Like, yeah, it, it seems all over the map from from riders and the agents I've talked to. So. I'm surprised that guys who have done recent deals don't have things in there. Yeah, and you wonder where the the perfect number is. I mean, there's no way that the teams are going to go full main event, but no. I can see them doing heat race. Heat race to me is fair. To me, that's fair. Oh, I think that should be way more than a heat race. You got all the guys in there. But you, well, but you got to figure they're also going to be paying overalls in there too. Yeah. So how do you factor that? Like they can't. There's got to be some sort of reason because they're not really gaining any more money on their end. It's not like they're going to sell more bikes or benefit no. more because you won that night more times. So it, it's got to be within reason because what if you go 1-1-1 and the overall? Like, it's, you know, it's going to get out of control pretty quickly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, there must be some sort of cap in there or something or some sort of balance, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, hard cap would be good. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, something to, to make it work that way. Brady, what's going on? You want to talk about next year's Supercross schedule? Yeah, hey, Steve and uh, JT, my question was if uh, Minneapolis will be coming back on uh, like next year, like the year after that. I don't know, JT, guess... what do you think? Have you heard anything about Minneapolis? I was surprised it went away. I know the pits aren't ideal, but the fans are love it up there. Yeah, I can't imagine it won't come back. Um, it, it always sells a lot of tickets. I have to think it was just a stadium availability thing this year. Uh, the, the pit situation sucks. The parking situation sucks. Being minus 10 degrees sucks, but the stadium is awesome, and they sell a lot of seats there, which are the most, the two most important aspects. So 
I was very surprised to see it off the schedule, but I don't think it'll be missing for long. That's, but, that's my guess. But, you know, Brady, what the Feld guys have done recently is they've been alternating cities, right? Like Nashville and St. Louis have been alternating. Uh, Tampa's not coming back next year on the, on the series. They're going to put something else in there. So, mm-hmm. like, I think they'll probably do that with Minneapolis. They'll just go back and forth, you know? So, oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think the fans there are tremendous. Millville fans are great. Minneapolis D23 represent uh, there, and uh, I think that, I think it'll be back at some point. Awesome. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. Uh, all right, JT, before we let you go, uh, let's talk. We're gonna, Michael Antonovich coming up here from Swap Moto Live. We didn't get a lot bench racing, but uh, Osborne Baggett. Baggett got a podium, but it's been frustrating for those two guys. And then on the flip side, Mookie and Hill have been great. Uh, that's a couple guys that people don't talk about. I think those four guys right there, as far as like not talking about contenders and 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 also people who are doing really well. Yeah, I think uh, I think Hill is uh, overperforming certainly for what I expected. You know, um, I think he got off to an average start. You know, he's running around that tenth, eleventh spot week in and week out, and then it's slowly slowly gotten better and better. So he deserves a lot of credit. Um, we've given him a lot of heat over the years for what seemed like lack of effort and lack of, you know, even caring. Uh, but he, he certainly seems like he's with it this year and, and trying hard. So I'm all for that. And then, uh, you know, Mookie, this was by far his best effort. And yes, he did get tired, but you know, I, I know for me, I would much rather see him go all out at the beginning and put in those great laps and run at the front, even if it means dropping off towards the end. Because if you keep doing that over a three or four or five month span, you're going to have the fitness just by racing. You're going to find that fitness towards the end. So both of those guys have been good. And then uh, you said uh, Blake uh, and Zach as well. Yeah, I mean they're they're not. Yeah, they're not. It's not going well outside of Blake's podium. Yeah, and and Zach's had a really mixed bag. You know, it, it's been average with crashes, or it's been pretty good because he got a fourth, and then he was he's been battling with Anderson and those guys. Um, I think the riding for both of those two is much better than what the results sheet would tell you. And you've got to figure, especially for Blake, you know, he's got that podium, but I still think he's going to be in the, the running to win one of these. A race like his heat race at Oakland, um, he's going to, you know, get up there sooner at a race like San Diego because if you look at the lap times, almost every single weekend he's had the pace to win. Um, so I think he's going to be in there. I just – for him, it just doesn't seem like he can replicate the consistency on the results page every single weekend to be a real title threat. And then uh, Zach, I don't know if he has that elite speed. We saw him have his opportunity at races like St. Louis, and he just wasn't able to stay up there. Uh, but to to think, you know, to see him be three, four, five, I think is definitely realistic. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Well, thanks very much. We'll see you this weekend in the Triple Crown in Dallas. All right, man. Okay, guys. All see right, ya. see you. That's Jason Thomas. Fly Racing. Uh, the folks at Athena, Pro Taper, and Maxis all on board with us, uh, so please support them. Uh, great companies, great products. Uh, since 1991, Pro Taper's led the way in premium control components. Maxis Tires, Alex Ray, using Maxis Tires out there in Supercross, and, of course, Athena as well. Uh, lots of titles, world championships with the folks at Athena and Fly Racing. Let's go right to our next guest from Swap Moto Live. It's Michael Antonovich. What's up, Anton? How are you? What's going on, Mathis? Are you... Uh, are you more excited for Dallas this weekend or more excited for Morrissey doing five nights in Vegas? I have to find out when those five nights are. But are you? But you'll be excited. Uh, I would be more excited for Dallas right now because that's something that I've already booked my plane ticket to. Okay. Uh, the Morrissey thing just sounds like a really nice dream, but I can't afford to pass out at any more concerts. So is it? Is it really the concerts that do it? Is have you narrowed that it's down? A, it's a. It's uh, strobes. Trigger thing. Right, it's, right. A, it's a trigger. Um, yeah. Mm. Not good. That's not good at all. No, absolutely not. Um, triple crown this weekend, man. You, you like these? Uh yeah. I mean, they're they're weird. Right. Uh, the more you think about them, like the more nuanced they are. Because you look and you think, like, if you look at the entry list for this weekend, there's a ton of two fifty guys. There's like thirty five four fifty guys. Yeah, I think the, the so, privateer guys have gotten wind of this stuff, right? We saw low entries at Glendale, too, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, why are you going to drive all the way to Texas to ride two practice sessions and a free practice and then turn around and go right back to Atlanta? Like, save your money. Because um, it, it's whatever. But then I'm surprised that so many 250 guys would do it because there are dudes that know, like, hey, I'm not to a main event caliber yet, but just jump up to the 450 class make a little bit of extra money while you can because – 450 class LCQ pays out just the same at a triple crown. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly right. It's uh, it's still... like it's just a smart, it's just a smart business decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, it's and it's funny. Like Adam, you look at Glendale, and this is something that you know obviously has always been with their triple crowns, but this is just one example. Adam crashes out in the last main event. He finishes, but way back crashes out in the main. Um, but still gets credited with ninth place overall, and only loses mm-hmm. you know whatever ten points. You know, or, or mm-hmm. a little bit more than that. But he doesn't lose that many points when he ate crap and sat on the track for three laps. Right. Yeah. And I think that's cool because, I mean, every guy's going to have one of those races. I mean, think about how different our sport would be if you had a throwaway race. And basically you get like a little sample of that in a triple crown. So, yeah, I do like that because it allows a lot of chaos. Um, not chaos in a bad way, but just yeah. like, hey, things get real interesting. And you can yeah. see how a guy is and, and if they're able to get, string it together. Like, they're a really good test of if a person is really, really comfortable on their bike at that point. Mm-hmm. If they can go out and replicate it three times and not get caught up by certain circumstances. Right. 702-586-PULP. we got a few lines open. If you got a question for Michael Antonovich from Swap Moto Live. Um, we had Brandon calling earlier and... and you know, he said he he thinks that Eli's fixed, quote unquote. There won't be there'll be no more bad Eli. That's something that I've kind of been talking about, but I have no proof. I have no reason. I just feel it. I feel like bad Eli is gone. Um, what do you think? Is bad Eli dead or is he still around? Um, it's I, I it's too hard to say because like yeah, this has been great, and this is nothing against like Eli in general, but like. Things happen. You know, that's why we race. Everybody at any level has a mistake or a bad night or whatever, something out of his control. So it would be remarkable for him to, like, completely erase 17, like, no issues through 17 rounds. That would be unbelievable. That would be, like, a massive stroke of luck. Not luck for him, but, like, just wow for him and the team, too. No mechanical issue, nothing. Mm -hmm. He can't have any kind of thing like that. Like, that's asking a lot. Um I don't know. I, I, I still think that it's there because every guy can have one. Cooper Webb had, had one. Ken had one. Like, there will be a bad night. It will happen somewhere. It's inevitable. Yeah, probably a good point. Yeah, I, I would say that. You know, like it's it's yeah. impossible to just completely avoid something weird right. happening for 17 weeks. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know who's uh, had a couple of bad weeks here? Jason Anderson has a couple of bad weeks in a row. Uh, docked a couple of positions. Uh, for missing the whoops, but he also got taken out by Osborne, no fault of his own. And then, of course, uh, Brayton in San Diego. So Anderson goes from never finishing outside the top five for five rounds in a row to now having two poopy races, and he's way back mm-hmm. in the points. And the thing on that one, uh, I would think that the Brayton thing probably really did rattle Jason's night in San Diego. Uh, but I agree with you. I think the two-spot penalty was a little bit too harsh for the whoops thing. Like He did the safest thing he could do. He got booted off, took the exit route, Mm-hmm. Didn't seem to go that fast. Like I think it was even worthy of a penalty. He did what he's supposed to do next to a whoop section. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a little harsh uh, for sure. I, I mean, one is fine, and yeah, I, I would probably be okay with with zero. You know, but yeah. So I think if you take that away, he bounces back better. But yeah, he's been having right. a penalty that ruins his results by a victim of circumstance. Right. Uh, I would think Jason starts like pulling it together a little bit in these next few weeks. Him and Dean are going to start doing a lot of riding together. So he'll be in that East Coast groove a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's that's big because he was that dark horse guy for the title in those early rounds. Yeah. Really gotten him knocked off the back now. So it's yeah. between four guys. Yeah, absolutely right. You still Are you still on board with Adam? Uh, Adam Cincerillo gets a win? Still on board oh, yeah. with that? Yep, yep. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. I mean, it's pretty it's – it's obvious at this point just because he's led so many laps. Yeah. Like, yeah. the amount of laps that he's led and he's gotten up there – Malcolm's point, like to what JT said earlier, it's great that he did that, but you just until you run the pace of the front people, you can't ever understand what that is. Well, Adam's done it so much, it's inevitable that he does yeah. just get a win because yep. he's done it so long now. Yeah, you really got to almost break through these. As a rider, you break through tiers, right? You, you, the, yeah. tier, the tier is the main event, you know, and then the tier is the top ten. And then the tier is the top five, and then you start running podium stuff, and and you watch these guys, and they figure it out, right? And and Joey Crown mm-hmm. is a guy, and then we'll talk two fifties in a second, but you know he never goes from making a main event ever to running eighth, and and that's pretty re- remarkable. Normally, you know, guys need to figure out their tiers and go, oh, I can do this, or this is this is mm-hmm. this is what I need to do, you know? Yeah, and I think for Malcolm too, like just a back jump to that topic, yeah. like that's good. 
you know, he hadn't been that close up there this year. I know that he was kind of burnt out and maybe even a little bit homesick, hadn't been to Florida in a while, was missing just like being at it. And that's like a big thing for people. You know, it's sometimes you just get in the grind and you're just like, like you've said before, we're in these dog days of the Supercross races now where you're just like, another one, here we go. And these guys just kind of don't seize every opportunity the way they should. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, now we're going to start seeing the, 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 um, the, the work that these guys do during the week. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, the ones that really do it and the ones that understand the grind will start rising above other guys, you know? Mm-hmm. And the guys that know, like, hey, yeah, you are 17 chances and you might not feel great that day, but you have to deliver today because you can't have a mulligan right Yeah. Now. I was thinking the other day, this is off topic, uh, and, and I'm inserting myself into this, which I probably shouldn't do, but so I just I just slept like garbage on Monday night, right? Just whatever reason, maybe too much caffeine for the Pulp Show or whatever, and I went on a mountain bike ride Tuesday, and I absolutely, on a ride that I normally do all the time, on a loop I do all the time, I was struggling, I was stopping, I was dabbing my feet, like all this stupid shit, and I started thinking, Anton, like, this is all, okay, so then the next day, Slept great on Tuesday. This is just bear with me here, everybody. Slept great on yeah, Tuesday. I, I'm, I know where you're going. Slept with great it. on Tuesday night. Went out for a different loop. Felt great. Rode really well. You know, had some good times and segments and things like that. Got me thinking, like just all this stupid shit that that even us media guys, like if you just don't have a good sleep on Friday night before the Supercross race, you just don't sleep well. You know, you mm-hmm. you won't perform, and you have to do this with millions of dollars on the line and 17 weeks in a row, or 17 and, and 18 weeks. Yeah. Because I have the same thing happen. Like, we've always laughed at racers, like, you know, left boot or right boot first, or they always do this routine. But, like, if that gives you comfort to go out and do the job you need to do, that's what you should do. Because all of us, even as just, like, local-level racers, have all been like, yeah, just today's not my day. Yeah. Yeah, who cares, right? Move on. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but they don't get that. (laughs) Right, right. And I was just thinking to myself, like, this is such an easy loop. I know exactly all the trails and all the rocks and everything else. And here I am just screwing it up because I didn't sleep well. It's just, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, to to go pull through all that and win a Supercross championship, you're just like, wow, that guy really overcame a lot. Like, I have a cold right now. Um, I just feel like shit. And I woke up today just feeling terrible. And I did everything I could to feel better last night. And I woke up today, I'm like, yeah, I do not feel great. And thinking about that now, I'm like, Dude, Cooper Webb podiumed a Supercross race feeling way worse than yeah, I do right now. Yeah. I don't want to get off my couch. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah. Hey, 250 East, let's talk a little bit of that. March Banks, man, impressive. Like, he, impressive. He passed, passed uh, 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 Smith, passed his teammate Smith, passed Hampshire. Hampshire got him back, but then uh, he got him back when, when RJ hit the thing, but uh, came from like ninth or 10th, uh, was very fast, and, and March Banks has taken a step up. There's no doubt. Yeah, um, I think that he's got those, like, kid learning years out of the way now. Like, now it's time to, hey, you know what to do. Now learn how to avoid issues and all that stuff. Uh, and the fact that he has that outlook now of, like, oh, yeah, it's, I've been at this for a little bit. Now I need to start delivering results. I can't just say I'm learning still. Um, so that was a big ride for him. Me and Don, after the race Saturday night, were like, hey, can you believe March Banks rode as well as he did? Yeah. We were both like, yeah, not really. You know, because it was a, that was a big surprise for a guy yeah. like him. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to um, Mitch Mitch Payton earlier, and he's just like, I, I said, "How's how's Garrett going?" And he was like, "Yeah, he's got to figure it out." Like he was not not stoked. Like he's got to figure it out. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, all right, okay. Yes. And like he's completely like, yeah, he has a factory back ride. He is one of those dudes that, dudes completely off the radar. Yeah, like even yeah. Joe Shimoda has a factory back ride, but. 95% of the people at the crowd probably doesn't know who he is. You know, even right. good, like, dedicated fans will be like, yeah, who is that? Right, You right. know, so yep. he's one of those guys that doesn't have the pressure like Jordan Smith to deliver right now. He can keep learning, but it's good on him that he wants to deliver results right now. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, Jordan Smith didn't look that good. He's not 100% yet. He definitely wants a, wants a do-over. What do you think? Would you make a team? Paul Pemex is RJ Hampshire. Fastest lap of the night. Came through. Didn't get the start he wanted. But on the end of the day, he got six. He crashed. Yeah. It sucks that he got put into the tough locks there by the whoops and then just got pinned because there was no room for him to go anywhere between the finish line and the, the rhythm lane that was next to it. So he just kind of got stuck and got screwed over a bit. Um, but that was a great ride. 
like just I'm a big guy that always goes back and looks at lap times every week just to see who was where. And when a dude is putting his fastest lap times in in the middle part to the late part of the race, like that really shows, hey, the fitness is there. They know how to adapt to the track, and RJ did that. So that was big for him. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I was, you it's know, a confidence boost for it. Like, I, yeah, maybe the results aren't there, but now he knows, like, oh yeah, I am faster than all those guys ahead of me. I was looking. Uh, I was looking. Obviously, I'm on board with him. We've run a helmet sticker. We're, we're all on board with it. But I thought uh, he needed some uh, more sprint speed in early on. Yeah, and just because he didn't get up front right away, it put him in a complete deficit the whole way that he had to fight back from. Like he shouldn't have been put in position he was to get stuck between the whoops had he have gotten a better start. But first race jitters, you know, first time yeah. with that new team, all that stuff, like, you kind of got to be like, all right, yeah, you get that one. Yeah. But from he, here on out, like, podiums, you have to be on the podium now if you're going to be in title contention. Yeah, he said he crashed and didn't ride much in the week and everything else. So there, there is all of that yeah. going on. But um, let's take Hey, some, on the Jordan yeah. Smith thing, though, yeah. um, it's a wrist injury. So I know you, you and JT didn't really know what it was. Yeah. It's still, he can't really do a lot. He, he and I were talking on Friday um, it's the same problem that kind of kept him from yeah, the same wrist? last summer. Okay. Same wrist. Oh, boy. Um, it's just kind of – it's going to be one of those things, kind of like RJ. You know, he's just going to have to nurse this thing for the rest of his career. But, um, you know – Maybe – But this, yeah. that's a long time, dude. That's not that's not a good thing to have that same wrist acting up. Yeah. Uh, I think that he's just going to – like, they're going to try to manage it and everything. Like, he has a wrist brace and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He said even through the off season, he couldn't go ride multiple days in a row or do physical activities at certain points, no days boy. in a row. Because it would make the wrist too swollen that he couldn't go back and do it again the next day. You never want to hear that. Uh, let's get some phone calls that is, here. Yeah, that yeah. is a that's a serious problem. Yes, absolutely. Rob, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Rob. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's happening? Hey, not a lot. Hey, uh, I was just curious if uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kevin Windham, and one of my favorite things he'd do is those transfers and opening ceremonies. Um, do you see that ever happening again? I mean, or do you see a rider maybe that would pull that Josh off? And maybe are they too worried about getting injured? Or what do you, th- what, what, what do you think, Anton? You said Josh Hill. Josh Hill. Josh Hill. Just let Josh Hill do it. That can be his part of the opening ceremonies, even if he's in the 250 class. Rob, those were gnarly. Some of those were insane. Yeah. Um, in the dark yeah, I, and everything. I still check them out on YouTube every once in a while. And just yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty impressive. Some of those ones. So I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think guys would do that. I mean, we can barely get them to do tricks on the hot lap right now. Nobody does anything, Rob. You know, so right, just wheelies. Yeah, they don't do anything. Uh, Cooper Webb, I haven't seen him even whip it. I'm just like he's just <laughs> not into it. They yeah, brought, I, you know, so. Yeah, well, uh, I also thought maybe one of the Hill brothers would be ones to pull that out. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if I see anybody else would, but well, Anton says Anton, Anton says Josh would do it. So let's let's get him out there. I say. I, uh, it was a couple years ago, like a long time ago, I went out to the Paula Supercross track and Josh was the only guy there. And that's what he was doing, like between his motos. Like he'd do like a full 20 and then for his cool down after the moto, what he would just do transfers between lanes. And it was badass. So like Josh would do it. Ken would be one of those guys because you see those free ride clips. Like he has, like they all have the chops to do it. They all could. Oh, they all could. But Ken's that guy that could really play into it. Yeah, but they're probably not going to take an unnecessary risk. No, absolutely not, Mitch. What's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. Hey guys, Steve. I have heard your rants and totally agree with the your rants about prices of new bikes, especially two strokes where the models haven't changed or anything like that. Yeah, um, for years. Yep. And I was wondering, since I've been in the market for a new mountain bike, I was looking at Intense and noticed that they do the direct to consumer model. I was wondering if you or Anton ever think that some of the major manufacturers would look at doing something like that um, just to save, you know, the consumer a couple dollars and and sales. I don't see it. There's just already enough with, you know, these dealers, these legacy dealers that have been around forever. And I don't think the sport's healthy enough for them to do it. Um, I, I know that Kawasaki was selling to Costco at one time. I don't know if they still do. Anton, do you know if they do still do? I remember that. Yeah, you could buy a yeah. KX at Costco, um, which pissed off a lot of dealers. So I don't think you'll see that, Mitch. I think they'll get really pissed. Um, the, the, yeah, because you know? essentially at that point you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul because then you take away the whole the whole dealership aspect. You know, like then you lose a maintenance shop, you lose a lot of these things that go into it, a parts department, all the stuff. So like it would be a really hard thing. Also, like. 
with a mountain bike, what are they going to do? Ship the thing to your house? It's like a hundred pound box as it is. To have to go through all the freight that you would have to do to get a motorcycle like drop delivered to your house would be pretty hectic. Yeah, I don't, I don't, sure. I don't see it, Mitch. But, but yeah, who knows nowadays, right? Where nowadays, where it's just doggy dog in the retail world, and everybody's doing it. You know, everybody's going direct, and everybody's trying to undercut everybody because you know sales are what they are. So I don't know, maybe, maybe. But Mitch, you're going to use that Pulp Mexico at Intense if you if you do buy one. I am. I'm waiting for it to come back in stock, and so I can put it in my cart and check out. Okay, awesome. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. It's that's a touchy situation for sure for for that raining yellow. Yes, I uh, meant to call Monday, but uh, God is back. He has returned. He the the the, the prodigal son has returned. Bro, yes. I love that. That made me so happy because James, who had a factory Nike deal, showed up in like some Sanook slippers. That was so sick. <laughs> yeah, dude, he was James is just like chilling. That looks relaxed. He's chilling. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. But, right? Yeah. It's awesome. Did, did you get to talk to him? I didn't. I went over to go talk to him. He was gone. Uh, I was busy other than that. So um, we've texted a little bit. Um, yeah, because uh, you guys had a pretty good relationship for the most part, you know. Yeah, you know, I th- yeah, I think we were we, we were pretty good. Um, like I said, a couple times he was pissed at me, but we worked it out. Um, uh, it happens. But no, I, I um, yeah, I, I, I Don, Don talked to him, huh, Anton? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of a given, though, right? <laughs> kind of. I mean, I was I was yeah. very eager to hear Don's stories on the way back to the hotel of talking to James. He said it was good. Um, so yeah, it sounds like we'll see James at a lot more stuff. Yeah, too. I think I think he'll be coming out. So my, my question is, uh, you know, they put him on the broadcast. I mean, I'd imagine all he has to do is even have a slight interest in it, but uh, put him in the booth. I think he would um, like to. Yeah, I think he would like to. So uh, yeah, yeah, so, I uh, think that that was the plan, and it just didn't come to be. Right. Okay. Well, it's great to see him back, and uh, I have a reason to live again. You do. Yes, you have a reason yeah. to live oh, again. One, one thing. Yes. When you were talking to uh, what's the format uh, guy? That's the uh, caller. Who? T- uh, Dylan. The Dylan. Super Dylan. fan. Yeah. I-, I upgraded, man. I'm a gardener now. My custodian business is out. You're 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 not no longer a custodian. Wow. No, I'm a gardener. So. Well, how do you feel about that? I I feel good about it. It allows me to to sit on my ass the day after riding on a Monday, so we're good. <laughs> what do you think about um, that, Anton? Uh, Raining Yellow is now a gardener. Yeah, I think honestly, you should get Raining Yellow and Dylan on like a podcast together. Oh, oh and okay. Just cut them loose, and just you really should. They can just like celebrity deathmatch. Battle yeah. it out. Oh, yes, that would be beautiful. Yeah. All right, Raining Yellow. Thanks, right. man. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Yeah, it's cool to see Stu around, man. Um, I know people were like saying, "It is." People were saying, "Like, why don't you make a big deal of this, Mathis?" I'm like, "I, I don't know what to do." Well, yeah, it's cool that he's around. We just wanted him back. We just wanted him back. That's it. Like, you can make it a big deal, but also, like, James doesn't want a big deal made about him. That's why he left in the first place. Yeah. So, just kind of be pumped that he's there. Um, enjoy the fact that, like, you know, we have so many legends in the sport that are still around and come around because. Not every sport gets that. You know, that, that's what's cool when you see, like, the, the NBA All-Star game is all these guys that have been playing there all get together. So, like, right. we really got to enjoy that all these icons that we grow up with are, are around still. Yeah, I think um, for James, I heard, I heard he just got tired of playing golf. I don't blame him. I mean, you can only do so much, the same thing for so long. Right, right, exactly, right. So, um, all right, Anton, um, predictions for the weekend. What do you got? I mean, don't make them, don't make them that easy. Uh, you got to think that I'm sure JT has pointed this out like quite a bit too. Um, despite the fact that the two first East Coast tracks, Arlington and Tampa, are actually like really slick, uh, so this is not this is this track has a tendency to be really really hard packed. So a guy like Jason Anderson who does really well in hard pack, uh, I think could be a surprise. Um, yeah, it does get a little chewed up, like you did see that last year in Arlington through the whoops. So if they become jumpers again, that plays into Cooper Webb's favor. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see what Eli does. This has been something I've been waiting on for a while. Is if he gets the points lead this early, what does he do? And uh, it's going to get interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Should be should be cool to cool to watch him. And you know, I mean, I think Ken Ken's not a question mark like Eli. Ken will be there. He may not have the raw speed that yeah. Eli has, but Ken will be there when nobody's going to do and everything else. But Eli, yep, who knows? <laughs> the thing with Eli is just like. 
he has the points lead now. Does this become a super boring like series where he just clicks off wins and right. blows a, like blows away, or does he have that Eli race that resets everything and then we go into the last five rounds and there's five points between three guys? Yep. Yeah, I'm with you, right? Um, can, we've never seen him this early, like this in the lead this early. Yeah. So. I could see it going. Yeah, I could see it going like anyway, right? So. Yep. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, Anton. Thanks for the uh, for thanks, the time. Buddy. Swap Moto Live. We'll see you this weekend, man. See you there. All right. Thank you. All right, everybody. It's another edition of the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Athena, Pro Taper, and Maxis. Thanks for listening. Next week, Atlanta. Tits, thank you. Great work over there. Thank you. It's fantastic. Much appreciated. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening. Support the sponsors. Support the show. We'll see everybody next week.